Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Solace and the City. Today, I'm so excited to be here with the founders of Highline Wellness, which is a premium direct-to-consumer CBD brand based out of New York City. Hi, guys. Hey, how are you? Thanks for hey, having me. Yeah. So I have your guys' names jotted down, but uh, why don't you start by introducing yourself, like where are you from, how old are you guys, tell me about yourselves, tell me your story. Ken, you want to kick it off? Um, sure. So my name's uh, Ken Wright. I am 29 years old. Um, I meet myself and uh, Chris were actually introduced uh, years ago um, through high school sports, and then we ended up going to the same college and um, you know being on the same team and being roommates. Uh, so we've known each other for a while, and then I got to meet Brendan uh, through Chris and. Um, you know, prior to Highline, um, I was working in um, the, you know, finance, sales and trading uh, world uh, in New York City. And, um, you know, Chris uh, was, um, you know, cool enough to uh, offer me an opportunity to, uh, to come aboard Highline. And um, it's been uh, an unbelievable ride so far, but we've, uh, we've really enjoyed our time, you know, working together with, uh, with Brendan as well. Cool. And Chris? Yeah, I, uh, I grew up in Long Island, a place called Northport, like an hour east of the city. Um, like Ken, I grew up really playing sports, played lacrosse and uh, basketball in high school. Then I went to Siena College on a lacrosse scholarship, was where I played with Ken. Um, and then after that, I studied finance in college. After that, spent six years at an investment bank, not uh, doing investment banking. I was on the, I was on the sales side selling research on, um, on the stock market to hedge funds and started focusing uh, for the last two years on cannabis. And sort of after that process, uh, saw an opportunity, not only in the U.S., but also uh, in New York. And that's when I left uh, Cowan to, to start Highline. And, uh, you know, shortly after that, told Brendan and Ken about the idea and, uh, and you know, fortunately, they were they were in. So you know, we've been around for a year now. We launched in January 2019, and uh, yeah, here we are. Cool. And Brendan, what about you? Yeah. So um, my name is Brendan Rogers. I uh, I am also from Northport, same town as Chris. Um, uh, I've known Chris since I was probably around you know seven or eight years old. Um, and, uh, you know, same, similar background, played, uh, sports in high school, played lacrosse, played lacrosse in college, got to play against Ken and Chris. Um, not the best outcome for me, but it was, uh, it was, still <laughs> um, and, um, you know, met Ken through Chris, uh, freshman year of college. So we came really close with him as well. Um, and then after college, I worked at a software company called MediData Solutions, um, where I was in charge of revenue forecasting and budgeting. Um, uh, specifically for subscriptions and um, the subscription side of our business. Um, and then March 2019, Chris approached me about Highline where, um, you know, he had the opportunity to do this. And um, I believed in the company. I believed in him and Ken. And, uh, you know, it all just made sense. And, um, yeah, so it's been, uh, it's been a pretty, pretty crazy year. But it's, uh, it's, it's been awesome. I, I wouldn't change a thing. Awesome. It's funny that you guys all played lacrosse. I went to uh, Hopkins where the – lacrosse team was very big yep. <laughs> so we had a homecoming in the spring 
Yeah, we played at uh, Ken and I played at Hopkins. I think all or three out of four years. Yeah. Oh really? Did he win? You know, we we went zero and three. One game was very close. It was eight seven. We lost with like thirty seconds left. As uh, was it with, against any of the Stanwicks? Yeah, yeah. The I youngest, mean, the younger brother was a freshman, I believe. Or, yeah, there was. Oh, a, okay. The younger one was a freshman when we were maybe juniors. Yeah, yeah he was in my grade. Okay. What is it, Steele and what was your brother like? Shaq and Wes. Wes and Shaq. Yeah. Yep. Some interesting names. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Shout out Shaq. If he ever listens to this. <laughs> anyway, so did you guys like working in the corporate world? Like, were you satisfied or were you always kind of itching to do something else? Yeah, I, I liked uh, working in the corporate world. I really did. I, um, I enjoyed going to work every day. I really liked the people that I was working with and I liked what I was studying. But I think, you know, a couple, maybe like a year or two in, I realized um, that I definitely wanted to start a company and, and to, to do that. Uh, I gave myself, I was probably like 22 or 23 years old. And I said to try to um, try to leave sort of the corporate job and to start something before the age of 30. And um, I sort of backed into that because my biggest fear is regret. And I tried to, you know, put myself in the position of like when I was 40 years old and what would I, what would I be telling myself? What advice would I be giving myself? And the pretty much it starts with like uh, spend time with your family and like uh, commit to building those relationships and, and, you know, spending quality time with them. And the second one was like start a company, but you, you only, you know, get one shot at this. You might as well try. Um, so I sort of operated within that framework at Cowan and I really liked what I was doing, but I also sort of focused at Cowan um, to focus on industries. I could see myself getting into So I did enjoy my time while I was there, but um, you know, I always wanted to take that next step. And were you guys at all like afraid to make a startup like that kind of like the uncertainty of it? Yeah, definitely. The uncertainty is like, that's pretty much really what you have to get over and what you have to like train your mind to be okay with. It's like, it's like taking any risk. It's like, um, it's like rock jumping off a, off a platform into water. Before you do it, your mind will highlight every single risk that is coming. Oh, you could hit your foot here, hit your head when you land, hit the water wrong. That's what your mind is trained to do. And it, it will do the exact same thing when you're about to take a massive risk and leave your job to do something that 90 something percent of people that try fail. So yeah, like it's not really exactly rational when you think about it in those terms. Um, but once you get comfortable with that and you get comfortable with the worst case scenario, which in this case, we left our job when we were 28. So really like what we need to get comfortable with is, all right, we do this, it fails. We waste all the money that we're, we go through all the money we've saved up in the last six years. And so we start completely from scratch at 30. I got comfortable with that. It didn't seem like yeah. that bad. And so, we, you know, within that framework, it, it sort of became easier. And what about you guys, like Brendan and Ken, when 
you were approached with this idea, were you worried at all? Or did you like trust Chris enough? Yeah. Um, I mean, similar to Chris, I, you know, um, when he approached me, you know, I remember, I think we were actually on a plane flying to uh, uh-huh. golf course. Sands yeah, point. That was, it was, <laughs> it was a golf course. Um, <laughs> and he brought it up. I think second time. Was the he said oh, yes, literally within 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> But you have, we also have to give preface this, and I should have said this. We've been talking about starting a company since we were, since I can remember, like 10, 12 years old. Like that was, that was always the goal. It was sort of like when, when, like when was the time we were going to do it and like what was the idea or were we passionate about? And I think, you know, A, seeing how passionate Chris was about it, the idea, you know, that's, you know, that for itself speaks volumes and, and being okay with trusting a friend and knowing that, all right. Um, this is the idea that he has, um, you know, and then once we kind of got further along, it just became more clear that, um, you know, it was the right time for the, for the risk. So, um, but I, I knew right away that, you know, it was more of a, a matter of when, not really if for, for me and I'm, I'm sure Chris too and Ken. So, yeah, yeah it, it, it definitely, um, I'd say it took me the longest to get comfortable with it. Um, I had actually just, started transition to a new role working at Citigroup, which like at the time in my mind was the greatest job I could have gotten, like, you know, coming from a smaller bank, moving to a, a big bank. And um, Chris and, you know, it, the, the company had been launched and I kind of raised my hand to, to say, hey, give me a discount code, guys. Like I can I can help out. And I remember just kind of like, you know, getting people to, you know, follow the company and, and make some sales. And I think it was like a couple weeks later, I was sitting at my desk and Chris, uh, Chris had, uh, you know, called me or texted me and he's like, Hey man, like, let's, you know, let's get some lunch. And we, we met up, uh, at a, at a bar called Puffy's down in Tribeca. Now my, when I go to Puffy's, I like to go there for, you know, a long time with a couple of coworkers, but for this, uh, reason it was to, uh, convince me to come aboard. But, um, yeah, very similar to, to Brendan. No, I, um, uh, it, it, it takes a lot to, you know, jump, uh, you know, and, and do this like kind of leap of faith thing. But uh, at the same time, like I believe in Chris, I believe in Brendan. And then, you know, most importantly, I think I, I believe in myself as well to, you know, you gotta, you, you put yourself in a situation, you gotta trust that, you know, you've, you've had enough experience uh, in the real world to, you know, apply what you've learned and, um, and make this thing work. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. Chris actually brought this idea up to us years before in a different form. We were in uh, Lake Tahoe on a botched, snowboarding trip where uh it ended up like raining and snowing like 20 feet we ended up in vegas and chris was like you know what i'd really love to start like a cannabis company we're all like oh man that's cool and then look at us now (laughs) what initially i i meant i know you mentioned that you were like studying cannabis research i think but like what attracted you most to like the market that that created yeah, so it, it was sort of, it was like dual. It was, I really liked the product and I knew how much there was an opportunity in cannabis. So the what I was studying was, so I worked at an investment bank and Canada went recreationally legal on a federal level in October, no, sorry, August, uh, October 2018. Mm-hmm. So stock, we brought the first cannabis company public on the NASDAQ in August 2018 ahead of that. 
because now that it was federally legal, they weren't breaking laws so they could list on the NASDAQ. Mm-hmm. And so the IPO was sort of like accumulation of like a two-year process where I was one of the people that was responsible for introducing the management team of that company to investors in the U.S. And so when I first started calling them, two, literally two years ago, I remember it, we were trying to fill their meetings and they had six hour long meetings in New York and I would call my clients and I'd say, hey, do you want to meet with the cannabis company? And they were like, what is going on at Cowan? Like, are you guys all right? And we, you know, laughed, finally met with them, you know, but six months later, those people that were laughing now were getting mad at me because they couldn't meet with the management team when they were in town. And then fast forward, those same investors that were laughing are now upset because they didn't get the allocation they wanted on the IPL. And so I saw it come full circle where people's perception and specifically investors' perception went from thinking of this old stale way of thinking about cannabis as, um, you know, the devil's lettuce to, okay, it's actually a real market opportunity. And I think my overall sort of view of the market is that cannabis um, is is wrongly perceived as being like this this very harmful drug where the toxicity levels relative to actually what it's replacing in real life, like pills and alcohol, is a fraction of what it's replacing. And so I do think people's perception will shift broadly, which it already has. 79% of uh, people within the U.S., support legalization. So I was sort of operating within that framework and through that education, I was introduced to CBD. I loved it. I started taking it because work was stressful. I was dealing with anxiety and it was helping me a lot. Came back, was introduced to it in LA, came back to New York and none of my friends knew what CBD was. And so all the brands that we were buying from were sketchy, they were in bodegas. And so that sort of saw it really firsthand that there were not brands that people our age could really resonate with and trust. And so at the core, we wanted to solve those problems. So we wanted to create a brand that, you know, people trusted and to use CBD as it became federally legal to build a brand, build a community, and then really focus on New York because as THC goes legal in New York, we want to leverage what we've built nationally with our CBD brand to then transfer that to brand awareness as dispensaries open and people go in if they recognize our gummies versus all of these brand new THC brands, we may have, you know, sort of a leg up. Ah, oh, that was actually a question I wrote down, um, inspired by my dad because he was going to ask if you guys were going to transition into that market if, you know, marijuana is legalized fully. Yeah. So in, in the past, what you've seen happen is the in states that have gone legal, like California, the brands that do really well as they go legal for recreational use were the brands that were set up medicinally because it was so prevalent to get, you really could qualify it for any condition. Um, but in New York, it's, it's changed because now CBD is legal on a national level. And so you don't need the Trojan horse to be medicinal to get into THC. You can leverage what you've built in CBD and gain expertise in the supply chain, in the, um, in the legalities, in everything, and build your community and then transfer it over to THC. So, yeah, we are definitely have our eyes very closely on what's happening in New York. Governor Cuomo 
prior to COVID-19. <laughs> Very clear that this was at the top of his agenda for 2020. Obviously, from a timeline perspective, things have probably been pushed. But from a tax benefit perspective, it's probably greater now. It, there's probably a need. The need now is probably greater than ever. So we do think it's a when, not if. But acknowledging the timeline has been pushed back. For sure. I also, I don't know if you guys read this book, but um, I, I read a book by Adam Grant called The Originals. It's kind of like about startups. And one thing I found really interesting was like how the most successful startups were like the second ones to launch because they could learn from a lot of different of like mistakes of others. And I think you guys kind of did that with your CBD brand because you saw like how others were marketing themselves and then we're like, okay, how can we take what they did wrong and make it right and then reach consumers? Right. Yeah. And we, we definitely believe in that. Totally. I'm sure that I have not read the book, but I'm, there's so many precedents, Facebook, MySpace, Amazon, eBay, like being the big ones. Um, but yeah, we definitely sort of think about those things. CBD was almost unique though, because when we were starting, what we found was that when we we're looking at the landscape and all the different brands, um, there are there were a lot of brands doing the exact same thing. And so while we were definitely taking note of them and, and we were also sort of looking at them and then going over to brands like Away uh, Travel, brands like uh, GetQuip, Toothbrush, um, Casper, Parachute, some of our uh, Allbird, some of our favorite uh, DTC brands. And we really almost tried to like disregard what CBD industry was doing and just focus on that and then try to apply that methodology and that model over to CBD mm -hmm. and really bring like a DTC vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. And you like see those everywhere. I mean, like the like they'll probably, I'll probably get ads on my Instagram right now just from saying it out loud. So that kind of brings me to my like next question, which is like, what obstacles, if any, did you face when you guys all started Highline Wellness? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go and then uh, it sort of from like the start and then they, you know, it's really where to choose what to talk about. I'm sure they have many, many stories. For me, uh, which will be a nice segue into them, was really finding people, um, like getting them comfortable with, with taking this leap because you're never, ever going to build something that, is meaningful without the right team in place and maybe just allowing them to sort of understand not not what we're going to do this month when you join but next month three years from now and what the overall view is and going through that and getting them comfortable and recruiting them was definitely uh tough and time consuming um not that they weren't you know interested but more so you know, take, getting somebody um, to quit their job yeah. is, is a massive leap. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was tough. How about you, yeah. Brendan? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think just to piggyback a, a little bit on that, I think um, getting, you know, getting the people you're close with comfortable about your choice is, is always tough. Um, my dad, you know, is probably the most laid back person I've, I've ever met. So he would always say hey, whatever you want, cool with me. Um, my mom, not as much. She was a little bit more, you know, 
tell me about this. Like, how's it going to work? And kind of just those conversations in the beginning were, um, you know, it was a little bit just, it, it was, you know, I would not maybe an obstacle, but it was something that was definitely different and, and something I haven't done before. So that was a little bit, um, probably the, the initial obstacle that I faced kind of was that just getting comfortable with your loved ones and the, and the people around you and letting them know this is your decision, um, which changed quickly. And, you know, within a month, you know, I was, you know, more than happy and, and they were, they were pumped that uh, things were going well. Um, I think for me, and this is just more of like being, having the role as CFO, I think seeing, um, you know, being within or being placed into like the category of cannabis um, and, you know, going for whether it be a business loan or even talking to a bank on the phone, the second that they know you're a CBD company, you are sort of like treated a little differently. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those obstacles of just being able to like, be like, listen, you know, we're CBD companies is a legal business. And sometimes I don't even know that, which is the crazy part is, um, I, f- I found it difficult to get sometimes like simple tasks, whether it be getting our, you know, bank account verified on this or just, just little things like that. And that this is a little more business related, but those things have become not so much anymore, but in the beginning was definitely an obstacle getting even like large institutions are comfortable with that. You're a CBD company and that you're just a normal business too. So that was something that took a little time. Um, for, for me, yeah, I definitely had the whole family, you know, my parents are like super blue collar and then, you know, went from like not having a lot to moving, putting us in a great situation as kids. And then, you know, my mom's eyes, she's been a kindergarten teacher for almost 36 or 37 years. She's been at the same school her entire career. So like change is just not. (laughs) it's not acceptable, especially when you're doing something that's like, you know, in her, the way she grew up, like, you know, only the hippies and like, you stayed away from those people. Uh, So um, that was, that was difficult. Um, But, you know, outside of that, I mean, it, it all, it all made sense at the end of the, at the end of the day Um, from a, from a work perspective, I think, you know, I touched on it earlier, like, you know, you kind of just got to realize that um, you, everything you do, you're, you're really, you're, you're, you're figuring it out, right? Like you have like your base of, of, of expertise on and what you've been trained to do in the past, um, whether it be like, you know, just like people skills or managing time or managing people, um, you know, negotiating, whatever you have to negotiate, but, um, you know, kind of just building it all yourself is a challenge, but it's a rewarding challenge because, you know, you, you, you see the output, you know, one week, one month, six months later, and it's, it's just makes it awesome. For sure. So what was y'all's like original vision of the brand and, and what did you guys do to make sure that that came to fruition? Uh, that's a good question. Um, really like just create trust and, and transparency and, um, something that evokes pride when you take it out. So what we found was that most of the brands had Grateful Dead Bears on them, or they had cannabis leaves all over them, or they had Zen this and that, and they had a very like bohemian um, sort of nostalgic cannabis vibe. And so we wanted to bring in sort of a, a like a more of a metropolitan, accessible and approachable brand where you know people that aren't cannabis users feel comfortable using it and that they can take it out of their desk at work and they're 
coworkers wouldn't look at them like they're getting high. So that's really sort of what what the vision we want to attack it with. Um, and then we created a brand really pre-launch that we didn't work with a fancy branding studio. We didn't work with, we really just did it ourselves. And we, and we went to market and with the thought process of just putting out what we thought the market would like and to get feedback and to really just learn. Um, and we did that. We, we sent it out to 150 friends and family within our network and influencers within our network. Some had 2 million followers, some had, you know, a thousand followers, but they were like the alpha in their crew. And we made sure that all 150 people uh, posted on their Instagram and that acquired our first, you know, 1500 customers. Wow. Um, more importantly, it gave us insight into what people liked, what, what messaging worked for different crowds, all that type of thing. And we just constantly reiterated. And then in October of 2019, we released a sort of rebrand. It's a Highline Wellness like 2.0, where we what we learned was 65 or 70 percent of our customers were women, and the first brand that we launched was had somewhat of a masculine vibe. So we made it more approachable. We neutralized the color palette, and we worked with you know an incredibly talented um, uh, marketing mind in Farron uh, Farron Wiener. And she runs Fahrenheit. And so she really took on our project and uh, helped us actualize like the true vision that we have. Um, so we're really happy with, you know, with a place that the branding is in now and we'll always look to reiterate and, and, you know, optimize it over time. Yeah. I have them here. They're so cute. <laughs> a little like glit, like not glitter, uh, like gummy kind of look. How do you guys think of the name? It was, uh, so it was a lot of people, I think, give us credit for the double entendre, which like, admittedly, we acknowledge there, <laughs> but it was, the core of it was everyone we spoke to about CBD said they use brands from uh, LA and Colorado. And the perception was that the reason why those brands were the ones that people were using was because that it was not legal to be in New York. And so at, we really wanted to make it really clear in the name that we were a New York brand so that when people were thinking about CBD as CBD in New York, you know, became hot, they would think about our brand and know that it's legal and that we're not doing things sketchy and that we're not from, you know, out West. It's a local brand. Cool. And what are the the primary use cases for your products, would you say? Like, what do most people, you know, use your gummies for or your oils for? Like, or and what do they ask you about it? Like, when they're purchasing a product or interested in purchasing a product? If we, if you talk to 10 different people at UCBD, you'll get 10 different answers in terms of what they're using it for. The most common ones we hear is anxiety and sleep. Interesting. Best-selling best product is the one that you just held up our sleep gummy it's 10 milligrams of cbd and five milligrams of melatonin it sort of really knocks you out without that groggy feeling in the morning um so yes yeah, sleep and anxiety but you know what else do you guys hear the most um yeah those are those are the main use cases um like the the pain cream is i mean 
my, my grandmother's like, you know, in her like mid eighties, she has like, you know, pretty bad, like, you know, stress in her hands. Um, like you, you would call it arthritis, but you know, we can't say that it's for arthritis at all, but she used it on her hands and, and it's amazing. Um, so like just those like little ailments that you might have, uh, from an injury. Um, and then I don't know, just like the, the oil, you just, you're, you're just relaxed. Like you're in a, you're in such a better mindset. Yeah, I was going to say, I think our products are meant to, you know, they all have, um, we have the oil, we have the oil, we have the gummies, the oil, we don't have like a sleep oil or a day oil like we do have for the gummies, but, you know, um, it, it can be used for, for, for really all of that. Um, and I think, um, you know, one thing we like to say is that it's really like a sense of like calmness, um, where it's like just kind of like calmness and clarity. It's, it's nothing overwhelming. Um, which I think people just enjoy that feeling as well. So it may not even be for like, uh, you know, stress, anxiety, something like that, but it might just be able to feel just like that calmness that you would get. Um, or it's like that little bit, you know, a little bit of that edge off that you, that you want, you know, before bed or, um, or in the morning when you wake up. Yeah, definitely. I think one thing that's funny, and I just think of this because of like how I got connected with you guys, which is the funniest story. And just like, I mean, millennials, like we're, you know, you used to like these products, like they're not foreign to us. Whereas someone like my dad, who's like the biggest square, <laughs> like yeah. doesn't drink, doesn't do anything. I like the fact that he called like, to kind of ask Brendan questions and like for himself. And then he decided to keep the gummies. So even, and he's like been telling me he's using them and he's sleeping well. And I just think it's, it's funny and especially now with everything going on I mean I'm sure that this is a product that's in high demand yeah that's right <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. shout out to Dennis for, for the <laughs> shout out dad I'd say for for folks like your your dad who <laughs> are probably not gonna like be like oh I'm gonna try CBD oil for the first time because it's connected to cannabis in some way once you get an adult who is still under that stigma to try the night gummy because it's great, right? Like you take the night gummy and you're going to sleep. There's melatonin, you know, if anything weird, if you think anything weird is going to happen, it's fine. You're in your house. Like it's, you know, it's not like you're at your desk at work, but once they try that night gummy, they're believers. Yeah. And that's when it starts. It's like, okay, like what else can I use like this for? Like I'm getting such great sleep. Like now can I make my day better? Like, is this actually good for my wrist and my elbow and my knee? And that's kind of like that domino effect of, of CBD that we're starting to see now where, obviously as a company, but just like the community in general is just becoming way more acceptive of there is a true benefit and you're not going to get high. You're not going to be at work or wherever in like a weird, you know, fuzzy situation. It's, it's very, very, very functional. For sure. What have you guys been doing in like as a response to the pandemic and with COVID? Um, like I know you guys, I got a text today about like new products. So could you talk a little bit about those? Yeah, for sure. Um, we, yeah, as one of the brands that, you know, is, um, you know, weathering the storm and, you know, we're, we're actually seeing an increase in sales in March. We had our best month ever by almost 50%. Wow. And so, you know, as one of the brands that is weathering the storm, we feel it's our responsibility to definitely give back to the community and to sort of help where we can. So starting March 16th, the day that Cuomo shut down New York City public schools, we um, we lowered price on our website 15% to help with everybody through this time as people were out of jobs. 
Then we also donated 10% of sales in the second half of March to uh, the food banks for New York. We donated $15,000 that contributed 75,000 meals. So we're really pumped about that. And then today, to your point, we donated 500 uh, CBD hand sanitizers to Elms, Elms, uh, Elmshurst Hospital in Queens. And then we launched um, CBD immunity gummies and the hand sanitizers on our website. The hand sanitizers we are selling at cost. So if anybody needs them, um, you know, we've always been able to make them, but we never really had a sort of an impetus to start that. But we, you know, we heard from our customers and realized that people definitely need hand sanitizers. So we started that up two weeks ago and it got to our warehouse and we launched today. Um, launched like an hour ago and we might sell out by tonight, which is a little scary because it just shows how many people actually need hand sanitizer right now. Um, but yeah, we'll be replenishing those, uh, today as well. Awesome. Yeah, actually, that's like the one thing I don't have. I've just been like using Lysol wipes because I haven't found a place that's still selling in New York. They're hard to find. Yeah, For sure. Okay, so, but I usually end by asking some questions unrelated to um, CBD or coronavirus or anything like that, um, but I just like to hear them, so I guess you guys can go in order. So the first question is, what's one thing in your life that's happened to you that's made you a stronger person today? We're going real deep. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I got these three men. I got to make you guys vulnerable. <laughs> Who's, uh, what order is it? Chris, Brendan, Ken. Yeah. Chris, Brendan, Ken. Okay. Uh, one thing. Uh, if your name was started with a D, that would, that would really help, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> so do you so, like CVD? <laughs> ah, right. Uh, All right. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I need to do that. a name change. <laughs> well, it's on you. So for me, I think sports, like, I was never a big school person. I uh, didn't really like high school or college, like, the, the actual class portion of it. I liked um, the people. I liked uh, more so, like, competing. And I think I learned the most lessons probably in sports. I think our senior year, we were, you know, we were having a really good season. And it was our obviously our last year. I was one of the captains of the team. And we, in our championship game, we played a team that we beat by 10 goals in the regular season. We should have crushed them in the postseason, the championship game. We were up like 10-2 at halftime. They scored nine unanswered goals in the second half. We did not score, and they won 11-10. I was the captain of the team. I played offense. I was a goal scorer. It was on me. It was like I – took responsibility for that and it was a very tough um way to end like my career definitely even thinking back like it's like all right what would I have done differently and I hated the feeling of regret and so that's sort of how I backed into like all right what would I tell myself now if I was 23 or 24 and that's when you know I put myself in the position of me at 40 and saying what would you tell yourself? And that's sort of really the, the impetus for doing that. And it was regretting not winning that game. And so I wanted to avoid that mistake and that uh, feeling twice. 
And yeah, I think that's sort of helped me, you know, frame my future to avoid that. Definitely. Brendan. <laughs> yeah, these, these are tough. Um, I, I think, and, um, you know, it's something I don't talk about too much. I, I think, um, about four, I guess four years ago, um, my, my mom had a, had a pretty serious, um, heart uh, surgery and, um, you know, growing up, we never, you know, my parents are pretty healthy, you know, family's all healthy. There's never any issues with, with those types of things. So, you know, when that kind of thing happens, it's sort of like a shock and, um, even going to the doctor telling them, Hey, this isn't, you know, that big of a deal. You know, we do these surgeries often. Um, but just kind of like having, you know, first time I think any of us have been, we're like, oh damn, like this is pretty, this is a pretty serious thing. Um, I was actually just, um, I think I was dating my girlfriend for maybe like a week, a week and a half. So it was a pretty like weird time and everything was, I remember she was with me and it was just kind of like very, um, it was a lot going on in like that, you know, two, three weeks span. Um, and my dad was, you know, my dad was really busy, obviously worrying about my mom and, and kind of being with her. So just kind of being, um, I have two younger sisters. So I think just kind of like being, just trying to be the one to be, keep things like, you know, my head level during that time. And, uh, you know, um, me and my girlfriend, me and my family for the first time was obviously not exactly how we pictured it, but that was kind of how everything happened. And I think, um, you know, just that time looking back was, it was a tough time, but I think, um, I'm proud of the way I handled it. And I think that was something that, you know, was, uh, turned out to be, and she's fine now. So it turned out to be very, uh, I think a positive thing in my life. Yeah. puts everything like into perspective for sure. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's a hard, that's a hard one to follow, Brendan. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. I was on that, I was on that same team as Chris when, when, uh, we lost, so it was bringing back some, uh, some deep emotions. <laughs> Um, you know, talking about sports and friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, too good. Um, you know, I, there, I, everyone has something that's like happened, you know, one traumatic or positive, whatever it might be. I think, um, for me personally, I look at, I look at things that have like happened over time. Um, and I just consider myself you know, like blessed or, or lucky, um, you know, lucky that, you know, my family worked hard enough to put themselves in the best situation possible, uh, for their kids. Um, lucky that my, you know, parents, uh, you know, kept me going in sports and, and kept me going in school and, you know, you know, pushed me to go to Siena college. And, you know, I met guys like, you know, Chris and, and Brandon, and then, you know, there was folks at, at school that helped me get my first job and my second job and all of those, all of those positive things that have happened have really, you know, you know, like collected themselves to, to put me where I am today. So I, it's not that I can't point to one thing. I'm sure I could, but um, I think the bigger impact is just like how, you know, I've benefited so well from the people around me. And I think, you know, one day I want to turn around and uh, you know, pay that, that mm-hmm. kind of investment of time and, effort and love and care that they put it into me and, and, you know, give it back to them. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you guys have a favorite quote or a mantra that you live by? I got one. Hit me. (laughs) When you focus on your problems, you'll have more problems. When you focus on possibilities, you'll have more opportunities. Ooh, I like that. I haven't heard that one. You can... Dash can write at the end of it, wherever you put it now. Oh, well. 
What about you guys? <laughs> trust, trust your gut. True. Oldie but goodie. Yeah. Yeah. Brendan, anything come to mind? Um, <laughs> he's ferociously Googling. <laughs> Types in inspirational. <laughs> um, you know what? It's, uh, I think I, I heard this is a, you know, it's, it's definitely an old quote. It's definitely something I've heard. Was it one of us that said it or was in a, maybe it was in a recent movie, but just if you fail to prepare, you're prepared to fail. Ooh, I like that too. It was like that one. It was just, I know it's like kind of a corny one, but it's kind of like, you know, it's just, it's good. You know, it just makes you, um, it's a good thing to live by, I think, for sure. Oh, another good one. Uh, what would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? That's one of my favorites. If don't, you have that, don't you have that tattooed? It, yeah. <laughs> no one knows about that. <laughs> now they do. <laughs> Zoe, Zoe, what's yours? Ooh, I have a bunch, but. Recent... You have to have a couple. Come on. Oh, yeah, I have, I have a bunch. I think one of, um, my favorites is in a world where you can be anything, be kind. Love it. Like that. That's, That's awesome. My whole MO. And lastly, what do you guys each love most about yourself? I, 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 I love my work ethic. I think it, it relates to a lot of like, it's not just about like, you know, running, like running a business, it's work ethic to like, you know, do things for the people around you. And, and obviously like these guys are around me, but like, it's also your family, it's your, it's your friends. And if you're like willing to put in that extra time and, and effort, um, you know, to work hard to maintain relationships and whatever that might be, like, that's going to go a long way. And yeah, I definitely stand by that for myself. Good quality. Good one. Um, I guess I'll go. I think uh, I think I'm good. I think maybe my ability to you know just like adapt to situations. Like I think um, a lot has changed in this past you know year that we've been at Highline and through the ups and downs. I, I think I've been able to keep a pretty level head through a lot of it. I think we all have. I think it's definitely quality. We all we all definitely have. But uh, I think that's um, something that you know, never let yourself get too high or too low because, um, you know, we've been through it all and it's only been a year. So I can only imagine what's going to happen. So I yeah. think it's something that, uh, yeah, just the ability to adapt to your environment and situation and, um, you know, and just kind of have that, uh, have that ability to turn it on when you have to and turn it off when you want to. So. Cool. Pro uh, probably ability to build and maintain relationships. Like my closest friends I've known since I'm five years old, things like that. I, yeah, uh, definitely a relationship person and value and put effort into, you know, maintaining and growing relationships. You're a Libra? That makes so much sense. Yeah, I never everyone. believed in signs ever until I read one. I was like, damn, that is spot on. Wait, who else is in October? Can yeah. I, then when, are yeah. you, when are you, Brendan? When's your birthday? November. November what? Uh, September 5th. Oh, September 5th. Oh, you're a Virgo. I'm a Virgo. Nice. What, what's your party? birthday? My birthday's a song. Uh, By Earth, Wind, and Fire. Mm, oh. Um, wow. 
September. Yeah, what is twenty first? Twenty first, yeah. Great birthday. Sorry, and then last question is actually how do you guys find solace in the city? Don't <laughs> 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 leave the city to find solace. Yeah, yeah actually, that's what the third person who said that. <laughs> yeah, Francis I mean, was the first. Hot yoga for me, once a week. Why it, seven? Uh, Moto, Moto yoga in uh. the West Coast. It um, it for me, my ability to handle stress, even like three days after, is just significantly different. And try to get at least some type of sweat in each morning, even if it's 10, 15 minutes. Agreed. What about you guys? Um, I mean, it's this is gonna sound corny, but like, like I was using CBD products before we I joined Highline, so you can find some solid on taking CBD oh, products. Shameless plug. <laughs> plug that. Um, no, uh, I. Yeah, Highline. It's, it's like a weird. That's like you know, it's a crazy question. You never really think about like what you could do to like just like. Headspace. Yeah. I mean, headspace, but like, like something consistent, like I'd say like, just like at night when the day is like over and like, it's not bedtime, but it's like just after dinner, like just like going outside and taking, like taking that walk to get your like couple extra, like hundred steps in, like just to like, I don't know, just have, yeah. a, have a moment. Um, your, your garden. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. Me, garden. Yeah. I got a tomato garden. Wow. That's, I know. I don't have space for that. <laughs> um, it's on a windowsill. I mean, it's not like, you know, I'm not like digging up like dirt on my, <laughs> on my roof deck. It's like, it's a, it's hydroponic. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a, oh man. I wish I had more time to think about that one. Yeah. It's a lot of time. What about you, Brendan? Um, yeah, I, I think I, similar to Chris, I, I think just getting, um, uh, you know, a sweat in. I, I like going for runs in the city, like just kind of like the be able to just to run wherever you want has always been something I like. Like I felt like freedom in the city sort of where every block's like different and just going for runs is always fun for me. So I feel like it's like just a way to um, kind of finally yeah, a little moment of, uh, you know, of clarity. And also, I mean, also just to attest, a testament to the, to the name of the company, Highline, a walk on the Highline has always given me a little slice of uh, yeah. freedom in heaven. So Perfect. Oh, that's so nice. Well, thank you guys so much for like letting me interview you. Where can everyone buy uh, some of your products? And I'm like holding two of them right now. So where can where can they buy them? www.highlinewellness.com, um, and then you can follow us on Instagram uh, at Highline Wellness. Cool. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. and Thanks, hopefully uh, by the time this is out, you all can use a code <laughs> to get a discount. <laughs> absolutely. What code is it? I think it's Zoe20. We're going to use Zoe20. Zoe20. Zoe 20. Zoe 20. Woo, yeah. 20% off. You're welcome, everyone. That's, that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> all Thank right. You, Zoe.